0: Hey everyone, the following episode is from our brand new podcast, The Energy Equation. It's hosted by the incredible physiologist, Ollie Patrick, and uses state of the art data to understand how people are unlocking the energy they need and how they could be doing so more effectively. If you like what you hear, then you can watch and listen to more episodes over on the high performance app available for free right now in the App Store. You're going to love this. So, Ollie, over to you. The Energy Equation with Ashley Kane,
1: I used to think of energy as being coffee. I used to think of energy as being fitness. My definition of energy has changed, realising how much she not only changed my life and made my life, but saved my life. You're pulling on energy from a higher power. It's incredible to observe. I've never done anything like this before. Your partner dies, you know, you either put him in the boat and paddle him to the finish or you leave him. So let's start with the overall score. I'm excited about this far.
2: Welcome to The Energy Equation, the podcast that takes a deep dive into how we use, manage and unlock energy. I'm Ollie Patrick and I'm a physiologist with years of providing healthcare to people at the top of their game. I'm so pleased to welcome our next guest, former professional football player for Coventry City and well-known TV celebrity, Ashley Kane, to the podcast. Ash is not just known for his TV and football work, but also for the unbelievable fundraising he did in the light of a personal tragedy. At just eight weeks old, Ash's daughter Azalea was diagnosed with a rare form of leukemia, and Ash went on a fundraising mission like we haven't seen before, raising over a million pounds in 24 hours for her healthcare. Unfortunately, Azalea passed away at just eight months old, and Ash has pushed his fundraising into new levels with the setting up of the Azalea Foundation, and he now completes extraordinary physical tasks To raise money and awareness for childhood diseases. My role as a physiologist is to look at Ash with fascination. How does he do the things he does? What mechanisms allow him to complete these extraordinary endurance challenges? I want to understand where Ash's recovery comes from, how his training works, how he feels himself, and what is energy above and beyond physicality, and where does Azalea play a key role in getting him across the line of challenges most of us couldn't even conceive. This is Ashley Kane on The Energy Equation.
0: This episode is sponsored by Fora. Fora believe that the traditional office space is a thing of the past, and so do we. That's why we love working with them. In fact, high-performance use Fora offices to base ourselves in. And they're amazing. They've got over 20 years' experience helping businesses like ours find their best and most productive home. They've expanded steadily and sustainably to over 60 unique workspaces across London, the UK and Germany. And over 1,800 companies, including ours, have chosen Fora as the place to establish their business. We call it home, and I'm sure you'd love to as well. If you're looking for an inspiring workplace for your business with like-minded businesses of all shapes and sizes, where everything is set up for your teams to flourish, then check them out by visiting ForaSpace.com or search Fora.
3: anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
2: Ash, it is an absolute privilege and pleasure to have you on the Energy Equation podcast. Thanks for coming in.
1: It's great to be here, mate. I'm really, really interested to find out the results on today's episode. You know, most of the things I do, I do like a caveman with no experience or knowledge. I just forest gump it and get outside and do what I've got to do. So it's going to be interesting to hear some of the science behind it and how you can make me better.
2: I don't know if anyone can make you better, but we're going to come to that later on. (laughs) Now. You'd have to be a caveman to not know who you are, but there may be a random person somewhere who doesn't know part of your story or, or where, you know, the the Ashkane legend has come from. Could you give us a quick synopsis for those who who aren't regular listeners to the main high performance pod or, or seeing your other work?
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll start with the stuff that's not important, you know, um ex junior athlete, ranked number one in the country for 100 and 200 meters. Um, ex-professional footballer, um, ex-international DJ, um, television personality. But the the most important thing um, that I would like to be known for is being the father of an angel, Azalea Darman Um So now I'm a, a strong and powerful advocate for mental health. Um, I'm a devoted and powerful advocate for childhood cancer. And just really a person that wants to make a difference in this world, you know, for people that actually need it. You know, I'm just trying to shine that, shine that light and carry the torch that my daughter lit to making the world a better place and helping people in this world not only thrive, but actually survive, you know.
2: And and my goodness, are you doing that? And I think, you know, the, the narrative of Azalea, her life, the legacy that that she leaves and and that you honour daily is an important starting point of this pod because... We're going to talk about energy, yeah. You know, and and she was clearly a pure form
1: of energy. Ah, the biggest. You know, I used to think of energy as being coffee. Or I used to think of energy as being fitness. Or I used to think of energy as having a good sleep at night and wake up in the morning revitalized. Um, my definition of energy has changed in a sense that I was in a place, you know, in hospital, my daughter, where I was nothing but devastated, distraught, stressed, anxious, heartbroken at the pits of how a man can feel, and every single day I manage to not only get up but be the best and brightest version of myself for her, then you can go a little step further. And having lost my daughter, being completely broken to where I don't know how to get through another day, not only how to get through another day, but not even wanting to get through another day. And during that point, finding my purpose and my reason why, which is my daughter, realising how much she not only changed my life and made my life, but saved my life. Understanding those crucial lessons that nobody has ever been able to have taught me. And she managed to do that. I figured out that I wanted to live the rest of my life honouring her time on this earth, refusing to let her eight months here and her passing be in vain. That's when I found the true definition of energy because I understood that no matter how fatigued I was, no matter how bad I was feeling, no matter how much I'd done the day before or the 365 days before that, I always had energy to push through and perform because of my reason why, and I think there's a little saying, isn't it? A man with a strong enough reason why can bear almost anyhow, and I know that for a fact now.
2: We'll do a few episodes of this, but we'll never hear a better description <laughs> of what energy is than that, my friend. You know, and and I think everyone who's heard your story is connected with it. You know, in in both the the tribulations of going through it, the energy you found to protect Azalea from from poor energy, I think that yeah. when we look at how infectious energy is, mm. you know, and that particular piece, when, when did you realise that, that
1: that energy cocoon, if you like, you needed to set that up?
2: Where did that come from?
1: A lot of people may, you know, look at me and th- think of certain gifts, you know, I believe that my greatest gift is my heart. You know, I'm very considerate of the people around me that I love. I'm I'm very emotionally intelligent to people that I meet. When I had my daughter, oh my God, I didn't realise how big my heart is and how much love it held in it. And I didn't realise I could feel that incredible feeling to such a high degree to what she gave me. And that made my whole life change. My life wasn't about me anymore. It wasn't about my success. It wasn't about monetary values. It was about devoting as much love and positivity and nurturing care to my daughter as as much as possible so when we were in hospital my daughter you know I quickly discovered that you know I couldn't communicate with my daughter she couldn't tell me her pain she couldn't tell me how she was feeling so one way that I always used to deal with my daughter is by thinking if I was in that situation what kind of person would I want around me it's the same way as I I look at her in Heaven now, I think if I was in heaven would i would I want everybody that I touched and affected to be sad to be miserable to be down, or would I want them to be the best versions of themselves that they could possibly be as a result of how powerful my touch was to them? so when I was in that situation with Azalea, I thought you know she can 't understand the words that we 're saying she can 't communicate how she feels, but I I realised that babies are sensory beings, so I thought she can definitely pick up on the energy that's around her. And in that situation, there were so many things that were out of our control that the energy that we surrounded our daughter with was one thing that was in our control. So I was adamant that we were going to surround her with the best energy that we possibly could every single minute of every single day that she was in our care. And that's what I decided to do. And boy, did it pay off because I thought that you know, I was trying to do the best thing as a daddy for my daughter. And it turned out that even though, you know, I only got eight months with her and she isn't with me anymore, I will remember and cherish those memories with the whole of my heart for the rest of my life, because it was the best time that I would find energy to live over and over and over again, if I had the chance.
2: Incredible. And, and that is emotional intelligence on a level and knowing she felt that, is is so clear to
1: everyone who's followed your story and he was replicated, You know, the, the the physios and everyone used to come into the room and they used to you know test Azalea's like her strength, her energy. Um, they used to monitor her to see how she was comparing to another baby who wasn't poorly, and they always said that she was far more developed and far more advanced than a healthy baby at that time. If you've seen Azalea, you know, her expressions, she would, she would mimic you. She would, if she caught you, caught me in the room, she would smile. She would know if I was sleeping. She'd know if I was awake. She, she was so developed because every second of every day, I was hands on with her. You know, I would talk to her like she was an adult. I would play with her constantly. So she had so much attention. She was surrounded by so much good energy and it's shown in the way that she was back to us, you know. So it, it it was just an incredible incredible time and i think i heard a saying yeah and it said the only difference between an ordeal and an adventure is attitude and i can vouch for that you know when i was in hospital i think probably i, I was the only dad that was in there and the crazy thing about it is you see so many people going through you know, hard times and it, you, you can't go through a harder time than your, your child being ill. But my attitude was each day was a blessing. And me being by my daughter's side in the hospital through a global pandemic without seeing my friends or my family, without being able to leave the hospital room or the hotel room because of COVID, ended up being the best, most beautiful and happiest eight months of my life. And that was because of the approach that I decided to tackle it with, you know.
2: And it's led you now to be quite a machine. Ash. Yeah. I mean, I've, got to, I've got to look at where that experience has led us to today and say, yeah. if people, you know, jump onto your Instagram, they're going to find a guy who's, who's taken that purpose and has translated it into some pretty extraordinary physical accomplishments. Yeah. And, and the energy to do that is, is a, I suppose, a key part of what we want to talk about today. Yes. Because I'm sat here marvelling at some of the stuff you're doing. And like many people, sort of wondering how you do it. We, I think most people understand why. People who've listened to your story and understood it can feel that narrative you've painted around where your purpose has come from. What they wouldn't be able to understand is how you still manage to do... The things that you are doing on a on a physical accomplishment point of view. So I do want to get into that as the yeah. next piece and look below the bonnet. Yeah, of this machine. I mean, I'm interested as well. So we we had you wear this funky monitor, and it's we're going to talk about that a little bit later on <laughs> because we've we've had a little look under the bonnet. If we look at your energy now, take yeah. the idea that you know over the last couple of weeks, you know, where's your energy at? If we take a hundred, is, is all the energy you could wish for? Zero's absolute fatigue where's Ash today you know in the in the current
1: I guess the the honest answer is I never know whether I'm fine or I'm not I never know whether I'm good that day or I'm bad I never know whether I've got good energy or I haven't got much at all. I think because my head tells me I need to go on the flip side of things, I am feeling really good at the minute you know I decided to four weeks ago you know chop out the alcohol i got back from the yukon and um you know i had i was still training but obviously i was in a huge recovery period after a thousand miles in seven days so just tell us about the yukon um so the yukon 1000 known as the world's toughest survival endurance race it's a thousand mile kayak from canada through the arctic circle to alaska completely um unsupported you know I'd only been kayaking for I think three months before, and which is absolutely insane. This is what I'm talking about, people. if you've not watched this stuff i mean this is this is crazy, yeah, I mean, I completed the hundred and twenty five mile kayak ultra from Devizes to Westminster with five weeks training, and in the boat that we did it in it's the fastest time ever been recorded in that boat, and that year, seventy boats got pulled out of the race because of what was that dangerous, and I you know me and my partner were on the phone to them all weekend to say that. I was on a disclaimer, I don't care, I have to be in that race. Um, we got in the race, did really well, um, and then we went on to the Yukon 1000. You know, for me, I'd never done anything like this before. You know, the Yukon's one of the most remote places in the world. They they call it the final frontier, and, you know, you get 600 miles into that race and you pass a point of no return. If your partner dies, you know, you either put him in the boat and paddle him to the finish, or you leave him. So, yeah, so after after that, you know, seven days, eight hours, by the way, we did it in. You know, I think I was the least experienced paddler to ever have attempted the race. Um, our steering broke on day two, so we could have pulled out, but we, we carried on because we were already there. Had a close encounter with a bear, but it was all fun and games, you know. The main part of it is that during that race through tough times, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but there was orange skies always guiding us into where we needed to be. So I knew she was with me. And no matter how much I wanted to quit and I wanted to quit every single minute of every single day, um, I pulled through. You know, I I realized why I was doing it um, and I realized that I had no option to quit. You know, I, I understand that no matter how hard something is and no matter how much pain you are going through at the time, the price of regret and the price of quitting will live with you for the rest of your life. The pain that you're going through at the time is just temporary and the self-worth that you'll gain at the other side of it cannot be matched by any form of happiness, you know. And the reason why I find these endurance challenges so important is not only doing it for, to raise money for these children and to, to take my daughter around the world, but they relate to life. You know, like I'm saying, the pain that you're facing now is temporary, you know, keep paddling, keep running, keep cycling, keep pushing, keep pushing. You know, same as life, one step at a time, one day at a time. And then one day you'll find that, you know, through through the storm and through the rain, you'll have the brightest sunshine and the greenest grass. And, and that's why I do it because it's a really big education in that time that you're going through it, which you can take into your life to be a better person and to achieve more stuff and to push through to another day, you know.
2: And that piece, I think, connects, you know, the motivational message you give out is so clear so abundant yeah so i think it's really interesting that there's going to be again two ashes there's the ash day 5 in that boat who's never going to quit yeah i think anyone who's who's understood your story mantra we you know quitting's not going to be a part of you and that's that's part of your dna yeah ash outside of that boat you know what's what's his energy like between those events
1: the the hardest part for me is when they're finished, um, as soon as I've crossed that line, it, it's it's in the past. It's done. I find it hard to talk about it again. You know, you know what I mean. When, as soon as I finished, I I I that is when I'm at my worst because I understand that I have to recover. I haven't got a plan for what I'm going to do next, and. I have to kind of take a bit of a backseat in my own life and and realise that, you know, in order to keep pushing on, you need to take, take a step back. And taking a step back is very difficult for me because even though I understand I have to in my mind and sometimes I can sit down in my body, my brain is still going. My brain is still working. My brain still wants to fight and still wants to push. They're the hardest points for me. I think the best thing that... I ever did and it was something that was recommended, you know, by my family because they always want me to chill and they already know the answer they're going to get, is when you get back, go on a holiday and I, I chose to, you know, do a little holiday um, when I went with my, my brother and cousin. That was a, I- incredible. I've done another holiday with my sister and my cousin and it just really helped me get back, do something nice for me so I can instantly get back and crack on to the next mission. You know, but it's not, it wasn't out of choice. And I found it hard in the first place because I felt guilty doing anything for me. Would you say that your energy's better when you're in the middle of one of these gruelling
2: tasks than when you're back here in between?
1: Now I'm learning who I am and I'm managing to navigate my grief and managing to navigate being a father who has lost a child and how I'm managing to navigate being this ruthlessly ambitious to getting what I want, I think my energy is relatively consistent the whole way through. One thing about me is like, I analyze all the time, my brain never stops working. So even if I have a conversation with somebody and it goes really well, I think about how I spoke to them, how they spoke to me. If it goes bad, I think how it could have been better. And each and every day of my life, I reflect on myself in the night to think if I was the right person that I needed to be that day and if I'm the right person that can spearhead this journey for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So my development in that phase has been really good and it's it's been a process of trying to manage the peaks and troughs to make it a consistent graph of going up going up going up going up and I'm getting pretty good at it so I'd say that my level of energy is really consistent because even though I'm six months out from my next challenge now I'm just chomping I'm I'm ready to go tomorrow but I also understand the patience that's required to be consistent to be relentless in every single day doing what I need to do up to that point where I can sit back and just know that I'm doing the right thing and yeah the energy's not going to run out anytime soon
2: I, I sense that. Now I'm going to hold you to a number. So out of 100, give me a number for Ash's energy.
1: I'll, I'll say 90. The reason I say 90 is because I always want to do more. And I think if there was more hours in the day, I'd carry on doing more. If there was another opportunity that I could squeeze in in the week, I would do it. When there's another session that's got to be there, I'll find the energy to do it. I I, I can never say that I'm 100, but I always know that I have more. And, you know, I'm interested to to tapping in to find it, you know, bring me something that's going to get me to that 100 and I'll get there.
2: I can tell you if there was an extra hour in the day, this monitor would have exploded. Yeah. <laughs> it would have literally set fire. But I'm going to come to that a little bit later. So 90 out of 100, that is outstanding. What are, Have you ever looked at sort of three things that that consistently bring you good energy? Could you put your finger on those? Three things.
1: You know... Mm-hmm. The the main one and the outstanding one is my daughter. And people always say to me, you know, you're so strong. People say you're so brave. People say all of these things. And I just say, you know, it's nothing to do with any of that. It's down to love. Like I, I love her that much, with all my heart, that I'm prepared to fulfill the promises that I made to her, no matter what. It doesn't matter that she's not here sitting with me in my arms. Because she's still my little girl and I believe that she's around me and I believe that if I do enough, I'm gonna see her again one day. So that means that I will always find energy every time my eyes open, no matter how I'm feeling, because I made certain promises to her when she was here. I made certain promises to her in the eulogy that I wrote for her on the day, and I made certain promises to her since. So until, you know, they're all fulfilled, you know, I've got some work to do. That means that I can't afford to have no energy. Do you understand? Um Another thing that gives me energy is my family. You know, I was lucky enough to be blessed and brought into such an incredible family. And I understand how important I am to my family in terms of everybody loves me. And I couldn't appreciate that. I'll be grateful enough for that, you know, more than I am. But that also means that going through what I went through, there's a lot of people that hurting and a lot of people that worry about me you know so I choose to try and be the man that I'm trying to become now so that everybody around me doesn't have to worry so much and not only do they not have to worry but I can try and encourage them to be better people as well to to push for more to thrive for more to be stronger themselves and to be on a journey to make the most of their own lives so that's another thing that spurs me on to give me energy and I guess, lastly, is, you know, not only do I feel lucky that I managed to be chosen to be the father of Azalea, like, I believe that during that time, even though I was so unfortunate losing her, I believe that I'd won the lottery, I was the luckiest man on the planet to have had those eight months with her. And, um... Managing to have this source of knowledge and abundance of energy and incredibleness, I just feel a bit selfish if I don't spread that to other people, especially when the, the amazing community in this world gave me and my daughter, my family so much love when we we're going through that journey as since. And I also realised that there are so many people in this world that are struggling with poor mental health, that are struggling with grief and loss, that have been through incredibly tough times and are probably not sure how to navigate it, that my third source of energy is, you know, giving back to the people in this world that so desperately need it to not only survive, but to thrive. And I do that by just being completely honest and transparent with my journey and hoping that it helps other people along the way beautiful
2: brilliant three if we if we flip and go it's it's 90 it's not 100 it's going to be 100 but it's 90 at the moment what what are things that you encounter that rob you of energy
1: what are some of the challenges (sighs) one of the things you know one of the things in in the first place i've managed to kind of build a bit of armor you know around myself but you know and it's gonna sound obvious. What, what's one thing that robs your positive energy? Negative energy. Um, one thing that I became very conscious of on this path and my journey going forward is that I don't surround myself with negative energy. Also, I don't take criticism from people that I wouldn't seek advice from. I just became like very conscious of understanding that whether something is said that is good or whether something that is said is bad it has the equal effect it doesn't really help me in going where I'm going so I don't get affected either way I think if you say something good thank you very much great if you say something bad thank you very much great I put the fuel in the same tank (laughs) it's the same fuel to me if you say something good it's it's positive for me it can lift me it can encourage me and Persuade me that I'm doing the right thing. If you say something bad, I think I'm going to fucking show you, motherfucker. And, and that's why I think it, it all goes into the same tank. So things that I try and avoid, I try and avoid negativity. And I also make sure that I do the things that I know work for me every single day. Because things for me, if I don't wake up at a good time, it ruins my day. If I don't train that day, it ruins my day. If I don't fulfill the targets I set myself that day, it ruins my day. If I don't make a contribution to my health, it ruins my day. If I don't make a contribution to being a better person, it ruins my day. If I don't show gratitude, it ruins my day. If I'm not a good person that's done something good in this world that day, it ruins my day. So what do I do? Make sure I do those things every single day. I've got my routine that works and I try and stick to it. And so I guess that's two things. That's... that's, probably about nine things stack all
2: those other bits up. Brilliant. I think what's so important is so many people will see the physical side of you, Ash, in terms of the performance and the outcomes. But so interesting that the three things that give you the most energy are this love and purpose from Azalea is the emotional connection with your family is in many ways, the emotional connection with, with giving to others. And when we look at energy, you know, it's not all explained by whether we sleep well whether we eat well, whether we move well. You know, there, there's, there's much more to us than that. In amongst the purpose, the emotional connections, you do do a lot of stuff daily yeah, that adds energy to the portfolio. And I think part of wearing the monitor is to explore what some of those things look like. I think anyone who's involved in the world of fitness will follow you because they're sort of sat there at home going, how's Ash doing that? And, you know, and, and could I do that? And normally the answer to that is no. And then a lot of people you know, involved in nutrition will follow you from a physique point of view. Lots of people involved in challenges will follow you. And and I think people will wonder how on earth you do that above and beyond the energy you draw from purpose. So some of those routines and rituals yeah. would be great to explore if you're up for it. Yeah, of course. So when you wore the monitor, it, it gave me an insight into your fitness level, which, again, doesn't take a, a genius to work out. is going to be pretty good. The question is how good. We'll come to that in a minute. It looked at stress and recovery and looked to see whether your body was spending too much time ready for war and not enough time ready to recoup energy. It looked at your sleep and it looked at your activity levels. Of those four areas, which one do you think is your likely weakest link?
1: Um, The sleep and the rest and recovery. Um, Categorically, I believe that that would be my worst. Um, I find it hard to sleep. Um, I don't sleep very long. And even when I'm not sleeping, I find it hard to wind down. You know, my body may be sitting, but it's not like I feel rested and relaxed. So I kind of know that my rest and my recovery and my sleep are uh, areas that I need to improve on. You know, if I really want to maximise my potential, um, I think it's just getting to a point of, you know, trying to find uh, an effective action plan to do so. Since losing a savior, the only time when I can manage to get any sleep is if you know the periods of time when i allow myself to drink if i don't drink i don't really sleep alcohol yeah if i don't drink alcohol i don't really sleep yeah because it's like my body gets g'd up like when i know i've got this challenge in six months yeah and like and i don't drink i don't feel like i need like I literally don't feel like I need to sleep until I need sleep. And then I I go to sleep when I get up. And when I wake up, if I I go to bed at 12 and I wake up at four, I'm awake. It's not like I'm tired. I'm awake. And I can go and I can motor all day until I go to sleep again and I wake up. So it's not like I'm forcing myself to be awake. It's not like I'm trying to be this guy that says, "Yep, you've got to get up at four o'clock in the morning. It's just what I do. And I can't help it.
3: only from rustolium Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Really interesting, and I want to I want to yeah. get into the data soon because that that ability to combust energy without our biggest source of restoring energy would be anomalous. It'd be odd, but maybe you're odd. Maybe odd's a better word. Than maybe,
1: I, yeah. I think probably odd. Yeah, I, I've always, I've always been odd, mate. I've always been a little bit different as well. I think the hard thing is with me, you know, like I'm a I'm a creature that does something and learns from it. You're not like a learning, bot, yeah. And then once I've learned it and I know it, it's hard for me to go back on it. So I know that you know, doing the Yukon, for example, yeah, I'm paddling. You know, 125 to 150 miles a day. I'm paddling for 18 hours consistently a day. And then when we drag the boat up onto to to the to the island, you know. Not only are we like unclipping and unpacking bags, not only are we drying clothes, not only are we back in the water to filter our water, to cook our food, to get changed, to pitch our tent, to sleep. When you do sleep, you're getting two to four, four hours max a night before you start the whole process again. Now, it took us seven days, eight hours. If we needed to go more, we could have gone more. My point being is that a lot of people in this world all like moan if they haven't got enough sleep. I'm just one of them kind of people. If I know I've got three hours sleep tonight, I know that I can get up the next day because I've been there and done it in a lot worse circumstances. And and that's what I live by. And I think that's why every challenge I do, it's kind of, it's like a blessing and a curse because it's a blessing because I've pro I've proved I can do it. It's a blessing because I've gained an incredible experience. It's a blessing in terms of credentials and, and what I set out to do. But it's a curse in the fact that I'm like, fuck, I know I can do more now. That is
2: fascinating. And, and I... I'm still going to sit here with that that marvel that I'm not quite sure how you're doing that. And and now's probably a good time to start showing you some of the data about the days that I measured. Cool. Because that piece playing into how does this guy do these things with so little natural restoration yeah. plays out in the data. I'm excited about this far. So the, the, the device is looking at the nervous system behind heart rate, actually, We're not going to go too much into the science, but it's measuring a couple of things. It's measuring how often your body's ready for stress and threat, how often your body's ready for relaxation and energy recuperation. So first instance, let's think of you like a battery. It's measuring how often you're expending energy and how often you're recouping it. It does a separate report on sleep, which we're both looking forward to looking at. It does a separate analysis of how fit you are, but it's looking at your cardiovascular fitness. So I'll come into that in a minute. And it looks at your general activity levels. And it does all that over just the period of time that I measured to so just those three days that you kindly wore it. Does that make sense in principle? Yeah. So let's start with the overall score. So the score is is out of 100. Um, the average score for a male of your age would be some, something around 60. You scored 49. Now, this is <laughs> not, probably the first time ever that you've not got below a, average. First time ever below average. But let me frame this very quickly and very importantly, this is an aggregate of those different areas. Okay. So I want to start on on area one, which is fitness, where your score is a very humble 100 out of 100. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there's oh no, God, you... yeah, if there's one you want, yeah, I'll take that one. So there, there's a few things behind that score. It it's a clever tech. It works out something called your VO2 max, which is a marker of your cardiovascular system. So it's a way of seeing how much oxygen your body can consume in a minute. And that score is really quite useful for athletic performance, but also increasingly being looked at as the main number behind how long people live. So it's a really important thing, how much oxygen your body can consume. We like people to be above 40 as a result. We like people above 45. We know you're not in the normal person bracket. So I would love a result, you know, 50s, mid 50s, and and you're 59. Now that, Figure is 59 milliliters of oxygen per kilogram per minute. Why that's an amazing result, so it classifies as athletic. Why that's an amazing result is as I'm sat here looking at you, if anyone's listening, and you're not a particularly lean or light chap. No. So we got 90 plus kilograms of lean athlete. And so you don't fit the traditional physique or build of what people would expect from a cyclist or a runner. So to have that higher level of cardiovascular capacity in a body your size is very, very special. Okay, that sounds good. And we could probably predict that in the fact, hang on a minute, this guy's just created this unbelievable rowing adventure. This guy, you know, cycles wherever he wants to go. He's completed some tasks that others couldn't get their head round. So we know from your achievements you've had a huge cardiovascular capacity, but, it, but it's great to see. Why I think that's also interesting is, is as an Instagram stalker, if anyone's not following you, I suggest they do. Um, we saw the other day you doing some bench in the gym. Yeah. And the numbers you were putting out for, for, for bench press, can you remember, in kilograms?
1: Yeah, well, I haven't benched for over two years. So I haven't done any strength training for over two years. And I put 140 kilos on the bar and done three, three sets of three reps on 140 kilos. Yeah. Raw. Which is extraordinary, so again, from
2: a strength point of view, not only have you retained a phenomenal amount of capacity, but your your current capability is far beyond what we'd expect for a good quality strength athlete to get those sort of numbers you know I've got some detail on the hours you spend, but you know how many hours a day are you doing fitness Ash
1: it, you know, like I said as well at the minute like i'm on I'm on a a, a, a coasting period to get me to the level of testing, but you know I can do anything from two to five hours a day.
2: I mean, there's
1: a lot of people who are probably
2: wondering if they've misheard you there. Like two to five hours a day, yeah, standard. In yeah. fact, on this day, if we include your physical activities, so the time you were physically active plus your exercise, we had six hours twenty of meaningful physical activity, yeah, in a day
1: yeah that that's that's punchy it's punchy i mean like i already know that you know a couple of months out so i'm probably five months out from this challenge probably three months out i'm gonna have to go to 30 to 40 hour training weeks plus you know all my work and my traveling and my commitments to the foundation and everything as well um i think I see way beyond what I do. So I understand that, you know, if I want to be where I need to be in 10 years' time, the effort that I need to put in to get there. Now, currently, with the incredible projects that I'm lucky enough to have, I have to work very hard. But then working very hard in those also, you know, tapers down my time. So do I taper down my time training? Do I taper down my time with these projects? Or do I taper down my time resting? and recovering and at the minute my priority is the tasks and recovery second and I don't make that conscious decision I think subliminally subliminally my mind acts in a way to survive and thrive so it automatically gives me the natural direction of where my energy is going to be and where I'm going to suffer with a lack of it you know totally and I think that that word is
2: creeping into this dialogue so I can look at that and go look there's 6 hours 20 of exertion that device you know thinks you burnt about five and a half thousand calories that day come to nutrition in a minute what's what's an increasingly popular phrase is recover as hard as you train that is not the picture that we're getting here you know we've got a huge amount of of energetic expenditure an incredible amount that creates a huge number of calories burnt the the the, the reason your total score's not higher is when we look at the volume of recovery we like about 30 35 percent of each 24 hours spent in recovery which when the body's really restoring energy recouping energy and yours will be in and around the the nine percent on average (laughs) which is suboptimal but and this is why i'm sat here and i'm going ash you know how are you then getting up the next day and doing another five and a half hours and the day after that Again, which is fascinating.
1: Yeah, but you know, the maddest thing about it is, like, and the thing that I don't have answers for is, so the day, you know, we, we, we met prior to this, yeah, not only probably did I clock two hours sleep, but I'd had one meal that day.
2: No, I'm still trying to process that when you told me that at the time, because most people would think, you know, the only thing you'd have spare time to do is eating, but that's not the case with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I'm not going to be an idiot and say, oh, there's not even enough time to eat. You know, there's some days I just, you know, I get up and I'm busy and I don't think about it and I'm not that hungry. And then it gets to like seven o'clock at night and I think, oh, I need to eat. You know, I have a shake in the morning and then sometimes I don't eat a meal till seven o'clock at night and sometimes that's the only meal that I'll have. It's just really strange. But then sometimes in extreme situations, that's what I've had to do. And then so my body, it starts subliminally tells me that I can do it. And I understand that, you know what, Ollie, yeah, I'm not going to be stupid and naive enough to, to, to sit here and go, you know, that's the way to do it or I know that I can maintain this. However, you know, there is times when it's necessary and I know that I can do it and it's a good thing to fucking know that, you know, if I'm burning, you know, Not only like you could look at it there and think I'm burning five and a half a thousand calories that that day and I can have one meal and survive and two hours sleep, but if I'm doing 150 miles a day and I'm burning 20,000 calories a day, I can have one meal and I can get through it and I can survive of that. Like I see, that's a nice thing to know. It's it's not optimal, not ideal, but a good thing to know.
2: Yeah. And we're we're not going to put this out as this is the template for modern living because I don't know anyone else who wouldn't be starving. You know, yeah. and starving both in the sense of hunger, but also starving in the sense of that likely calorie deficit. So if I'm burning five and a half thousand and heaven forbid you get in two thousand through that one meal, theoretically you should be losing weight, you know, pounds of weight yeah. each week, each month. And that that's not been the case. No. Which takes me on to the third area, which would be sleep. So the, the sleep score sort of matches with, with the way you felt. So, you know, if you got a hundred out of a hundred for your um, for your marvelous efforts on fitness, your sleep is seven out of a hundred. <laughs>
1: so it, it's not your strength. And do you know what it is though? It goes to show to the people out there, I ain't lying with what I say. You're
2: not lying. <laughs>
1: you predicted everything that this has shown, you know, which doesn't give us a, a again a
2: solution. I think again we're, we're here to admire and and to reflect. You know, we're not we're not able to put a pin on everything. But again, what we've got there is is a sense. The time you're spending asleep is is against the level of exertion you're putting down, deemed inadequate, and the time you're actually asleep, you're not in as deep a state
1: of recovery and sleep as we would like. It's because I feel awake. I I I don't I don't know whether the crazy thing for me, which is very difficult, is because I have such a, a positive mindset. I have such a survival mindset that you know I am. Never problems, only solutions. And I quantify my problems against the worst things I've been through. So then if something is a problem, it's not really a problem. It's not that I'm trying to think like that. It's how I think. So a lot of my dreams at night are like, you know, it'll be fighting. It'll be a war. It'll be a battle. It'll be conflict. It'll be something that you probably watch on a horror movie. That's what it's like. And I have very vivid dreams I remember my dreams and I'm conscious in my dreams where I can act if I wanted to wake up, I can wake up.
2: You're not in deep sleep, which means if you're in lighter sleep and more of this rapid eye movement sleep, you'll, there'll be more dream state. Yeah. You'll be more ready to jump up and, and grab someone if they walked into the room. Yeah. So you're, you're describing that brilliantly in the fact that you're, you're sort of sleeping with one eye on the world. Actually yeah. Ready, ready for the next thing. Yeah that has a strategic evolutionary advantage that people who sleep like that probably survive the attack, you know, and I'd back you to survive (laughs) it ever. But the cost of it is the energy restoration is less. So everything's always got a reason when it comes to the body. And your body is is in this warrior mode, not just in the day, but also partly in the night. And the question there is, is not, good or bad the question is you know is that a sustainable pattern to keep you at the level of energy output that
1: that we're all aiming for yeah and i think even with me that lives this, this lifestyle with no educational knowledge behind it especially no knowledge anywhere near what you have i would say no not that it would not that it's going to make a massive difference how i live at the minute well, I would say no. And it would definitely be something that I would look to change because, like I say, I don't want to perform as good as I can perform. I want to perform as good as I can perform for as long as I can perform it.
2: And that's such a, a great point. And I think the, the case here is we have some exceptional genetics. I know you've you've done some work with labs in the past to, to yeah. look at your DNA. We, we touched about it uh, off camera. I, I love the fact that you're noticing what I'm talking about, which is all this exertion, all this combustion, does need to come at a, at a at an awareness of future risk if we don't get a little bit more of that recovery in. fact, one of the things I loved about when you put this on, you you, you went for a nap, didn't you, on one of the days? Because you're like, I've got the
1: monitor on, I better get some recovery. Yeah, I actually went for a nap and I was really, I mean, I, I even rang you about it. I was like, man, I went for a fucking nap today. I was so buzzing. And I was buzzing. It's one of the things I wanted to try and incorporate into my life... Anyone that does a challenge with me, like, you know, say it's my brother, or my cousin, or or even, you know, other people, they'll tell you how annoying I am. Because I'll be like, I'll want the TV on. i want to stay up and talk. I'll be up early in the morning, rustling around. Like, so anyone that's around me understands, you know, I, and the maddest thing is, and not something I'm proud about, but I could not, and I could, like, I could drink, I could be up till... Two o'clock in the morning, I could drink four bottles of wine and I could get up and cycle 150 miles the next day through the Alps. And I, I I, I don't know why, but I don't know why I, I can't seem to shut off. I just can't. You know, we, we've got a fascinating
2: blend here in the fact that you've got more emotional energy, more spiritual energy, more purpose-driven energy than many people could could rationalise for reasons that, People might start to understand many, many won't. You've got an unbelievable level of cardiovascular fitness and collective fitness. You've got, these are the, the positives. What, what we haven't got is quality calm, quality energy restoration, quality sleep. Now the, the question is at what point those start to saddle performance or even affect a state of well-being. And and what you don't want to do is look at a result and go, this is the way you're going to feel. It's not the case. You're generating performance that most people can't even think about. It's beyond my
1: imagination. But then, but then I also think, am I, you know, I guess the reason why I wanted to see you today is because, as I said at the start, let's put it this way. Yeah. Three, when I lost my daughter three years ago, yeah. I just had this overwhelming feeling that I had to be outside, you know. I had to be under the clouds, under the stars where she could see me. That's where this endurance journey started. Do you know what I mean? When it started, I remember the day where there was a little circle around my park and I ran around it once and it was 600 metres and I felt like I was done. I wasn't fit enough so I had to walk and I had to try and run again. And that's all I had in my tank. And then every day, like I say, like a caveman, like forest Gump, I used to do more and I'd do more and I'd do more and I'd go out and I'd come back and I'd go out again. And that was my knowledge of endurance because all my life I'd been, you know, I'd been power, I'd been speed. I didn't have no knowledge in endurance. I didn't have no knowledge in diet. I didn't have no knowledge in how to do any of these things. I just had a belief that I had to go out there and do it. So I think the key for me is now is, okay, I can do these things. I know that you know am I performing to the optimal rate I think I know that I'm not but it's being lucky enough to be in a room with someone like you who can analyze me and tell me the parts where I need to improve to be able to do some exceptional things because I can honestly say to you now and I can sit here and I'm not afraid of saying it you know 10 years time I want to be the best in the world I want to be the most hybrid diverse athlete in the world that puts out some 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 scores and some records and some stats that people look at and can't believe and with you know the education and knowledge that you can give me the team at Loughborough University British Triathlon can give me you know Dr Imran Khan can give me I'm hoping that well no I'm not hoping I believe that that will be the case it's less I guess about the actual statistics and records what it's about is me showing my daughter that she made me the best person I could be. And in being the best person I can be and setting these standards and setting these records, it will show other people that are going through grief, trauma, or people that just want to thrive in life, that if they have a ruthless ambition to achieve it, they always can. That's what I want to fucking do. Well, that you've already shown people that.
2: Yeah, I think where this data ties into that narrative, better. I want to get better. Well, if, well the, I think if you're in the team at Loughborough, who's involved with you, if you're Dr. Imran Khan, if you're part of the tri team, and you're saying, "This is what this guy's doing without ideal nutrition. This is what this guy's doing without strategic recovery. This is what this guy's doing without optimized sleep," then what can he do? And and that is what's exciting. This guy is doing this in spite. Of, and that's where we draw back to that energy, where it's coming from. And I don't know, pal. Well, I do, but I can't measure it. Yeah. And the beauty of this is, you've got to where you've got to, without some of the fundamentals that you know, the lots of people have, have built their entire lifestyle around. Do yeah. I get perfect sleep. Do I get perfect recovery? And I think you've pushed back a bit on that. Say, look, let's not over introspect, because if the purpose is big enough,
1: if the drive is good enough, we can bully this body quite a bit. I would love to optimize my performance and my lifestyle the true fact of the matter is life comes and it fucking sucker punches you to the point where you don't know where you are sometimes so if you cater your life to having everything optimal and everything perfect you're never ever going to survive what i am is a survivor and i do what is necessary to survive and not only that i've tuned it up to to thrive and be a better version of myself despite what's happened to me despite the things that come at me on a day-to-day basis despite what life may want to sucker punch me with next I know that I'm going to survive it and I'm going to do something with that every single time because I've been become competent and been able to do what's necessary no matter what is trying to stop me that's what I want people to understand create the most optimal and perfect life for yourself but don't get thrown off when shit starts becoming hard and not ideal and you need to be able to step outside of your comfort zone and push yourself to those places just in case it happens hopefully it doesn't this is a lifestyle
2: show but i'm going to finish on that because we don't need to sit here and try and optimize a bit more recovery a bit more sleep a bit more downtime those are things you can work with with laughter those are things that i can help you with What I want is that last message, Ash, which is that get up, get it done. That's what you've done. It's what you do. It's what you example. And you're pulling on energy from a higher power despite this. It's incredible to observe uh, it's an incredible privilege to sit with you and discuss it. And I hope lots of people take loads away from this discussion. So, nah, man,
1: I really enjoyed it. And thank you for inviting me. Do you know what? It's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. You're a really good guy. And I hope that, you know, we, we stay in each other's paths and in each other's lives going forward, man. million percent. My man. Unreal. Goodness me.
2: What a conversation with an incredible guy. Ash has blown me away from the first moment I met him in... The sheer passion in everything he does. The passing of Azalea is almost in every sentence, in every inflection. She lives on through his purpose, through everything he does. And that bubbling emotion is so close to the surface that it's infectious in a positive way. I've got to be honest and say Ash is running on energy that I can't explain. I think this episode, more than any other, takes us to a place where we have to wonder where energy comes from. It's very clear Ash is pulling on the memory and love of Azalea to deliver extraordinary athletic performance because that performance can't be squarely put down to his training volume, his nutrition, and his recovery, with particularly his nutrition and recovery being far below the level you'd expect for the delivery of performance that we're seeing. Ash is a physiological phenomenon. One day in the gym, lifting weights we can barely imagine. The next day, competing over huge endurance events. Yet he's sustaining those performances without what we might recognize as the traditional mechanisms of energy rest, recovery, and performance. I'm sure many of you, like I, will continue to watch Ash push the boundaries and smash the ceiling of what we think is possible. I can't really tell you where that energy's coming from. But I can be assured that he's honoring Azalea in the most beautiful way imaginable. It was a real pleasure to spend time with Ash today. And if you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, please share it with someone so we can continue to talk about the energy equation. Further episodes are available on the High Performance app, where I'll be discussing with guests how they manage their energy.